98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Burns and Gambo, the 4 o'clock reset. Brought to you by Collins Comfort Masters. Proud home services partner of the Arizona Cardinals. 4 o'clock reset. All right, here we go with the top stories of the day on the Burns and Gambo show. We're going to start with the Arizona Cardinals, who are still three days away from their first preseason game of the year. They'll travel to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. Kyler, still doing very limited work in practice through a little today, not a lot. Cliff Kingsbury was asked today if Kyler's wrist is still bothering him. Not much. It's more maintenance at this point. We put him on a protocol as well just to be smart, so I expect to see more of him as we get into next week. And if Kyler will see the field at all in preseason. Kyler won't play much, if at all. Friday night just be Trace and, and Jarrett. Yeah, no Colt McCoy. Trace McSorley's going to start. I don't think we'll see Kyler Murray take a snap in the preseason gamble. No, I would, I would, I would take that bet. Like, if that's the poll question, I, I don't even know if people want to see him in the preseason. Like that could be the, that could be a better question. Do you want to see Kyler Murray in the preseason? I'd vote a no on that. I would well, vote. What, 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 listen, he's not a rookie. It's a, you know, it's he's fine. He, you got a lot of money invested in him. The preseason's not going to do anything for yeah, him. Yeah, Devon Kennard is working through an ab strain. He should be back by next week. And Trey McBride, an update came today from Cliff. Talented player, just has been kind of banged up right now. So we got to get him, get him going. I thought he started camp really well, and then he had uh, some back tightness that we're working through. But he's got a chance to have a great role if we can get him back out there. All right, a couple of notes from college football, and in particular, ASU and the Pac-12. First up, on a report from The Athletic by Doug Howler, the NCAA, according to the report, Gambo, has not yet completed interviews with Arizona State coaches and staffers in its ongoing investigation. What? That, according to ASU President what? Michael Crow, yeah, that, that, and I've got the quote right here in front of me. Doug uh, does such a good job covering that program. Uh, quote, I don't know that we haven't, out of my office, been very vocal about anything because we're asked not to say anything by the NCAA and the NCAA is moving in deliberate fashion. I don't believe they've even interviewed our remaining coaches yet. Close oh quote. Oh my goodness. I know. Like, ASU needs this thing to be over. Big like, you, can, you, you can't really move on. Like, come on. Move your asses. <laughs> Seriously, move your asses. Like, you can't. Like, ASU needs this to be over. To punish them. Do whatever you need to do. But just, it's got to be finished before they can move on. And in what is seen as very good news, potentially, for the Pac-12, ESPN has pulled out of media rights negotiations with the Big Ten. It ends a four-decade relationship with the network and the conference. Instead, Big Ten games will be televised by Fox, CBS, NBC. It's worth a lot of money. But because ESPN is now looking for another conference to add, there's a lot of belief they could turn to the Pac-12 so that they could own that late-night Saturday window with the Pac-12 and that yep. ESPN, because they're not spending on the Big Ten, might feel the need to spend somewhere, Gambo. Yeah, all those midnight games, they'll have them all. <laughs> no, I'm teasing, but it is it is the one it is the one thing that the Pac-12 has. We have a time window that your the teams uh, back east and even in like in the Midwest they're not gonna they're not gonna play this yeah. time schedule. They know the Big Ten teams, the ACC team, they're not gonna the SEC they're not gonna play that time schedule. The Pac-12 is the only ticket in town on that. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell said today the league is seeking a tougher penalty for Deshaun Watson because the quarterback's actions were egregious and predatory. We've seen the evidence. She was very clear about the evidence. Uh, she reinforced the evidence uh, that there was uh, multiple violations here and they were egregious. 
and it was predatory behavior. That's, those are things that we felt, um, always felt were really important for us to address in a way that's responsible. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not surprised that they appealed. I'm even not surprised that Roger Goodell's not going to hear it. Um, that's that six-game suspension is not satisfactory to them. They they want a, a more consistent approach, which is ironic because that's the one thing that Roger Goodell wasn't when he was in charge was consistent. I mean, right. he was all over the map with his you know his decisions, but uh, they feel like this one is one that warrants. I believe they want a full year, but I think they'll. they'll I, I said eight games. I think they definitely will increase this the six the six games to a higher number. Yeah, Diamondbacks back in action tonight, following up a beaut of a performance from Zach Gallen last night and a win over the Pirates tonight. Lefty Tommy Henry gets his second start in the show. This time his first at home. He's facing off against Zach Thompson. You'll hear that game right here on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station. And then other two other notes that we want to make sure we pass on. Serena Williams in an essay released by Vogue magazine says the upcoming U.S. Open might very well be her final tennis tournament. She's looking to retire, though she didn't want to use the retire after 23, 23 grand slams and instead turning her focus to having another child and her business interests. The best who ever was, as far as I'm concerned, Gambo. Yeah, I think when you talk about the greatest female athletes of all time, it's it's hard not to put her at the top of the list. It's going to be, I mean, her greatness is unbelievable. I would love to see her win the U.S. Open. And I was a sports writer for Newsday when Jimmy Connors made it to the semifinals uh, of the U.S. Open. Um, you know, I, I think he was like 38 years old or something. Like He was old, and he made it all the way to the semifinals, and it was riveting. I mean, uh, the whole state was behind him. It was the biggest story every single day as Connors was making that role. Uh, they, they may be able to, that crowd may be able to push her over the top if this is her final uh, this is her final appearance. But our top story of the day today continues to be a reaction around the league to Kevin Durant and his ultimatum yesterday. The top story for the last 24 hours or so, the meeting between KD and the Nets owner, the ultimatum that, that the owner, Joe Sy has to choose between either Durant or the pairing of GM Sean Marks and coach Steve Nash, that he's not going to budge. He's resolute in his stance. There's the threat of him missing training camp. And he basically said it's either them or me when it comes to the future. Joe Sy, the owner of the Nets, then responded late yesterday. Our front office and coaching staff have my support. We will make decisions in the best interest of the Brooklyn Nets. It didn't take somebody long to kind of figure out that it wasn't that long ago. Kevin Durant, this is April 25th. Gave Steve Nash his full support after the Nets were eliminated by the Celtics. KD was asked the question, is Nash the right coach for the Nets? Listen to the answer. Come on, man. Like, yeah, like Steve's been dealt a crazy hand the last two years. Right? He's been had to deal with so much stuff as a head coach, first-time coach, and trades, injuries. You know, COVID, just a lot of stuff he had to deal with. And uh, I'm proud of how he just focused on his passion for us. And, um, you know, we all, you know, continue to keep developing over the summer and see what happens. That was on April 25th. Yeah, well, I mean, listen, that eight-game losing streak they had in the middle of July was, I mean, <laughs> that that probably turned him off. I mean, that was a brutal losing streak that the Nets had, uh, you know, in July. No, I don't, uh-huh. like, what, what changed? Like, what changed? What, the end of the season, he's throwing his full support behind Steve Nash, and he's had it tough. It's not easy to do. And now, four months later, he's basically saying, fire this guy, and I'll come back, or or if you keep him, I'm, I need to leave. Like, what happened in those four months? I mean, was that just BS when 
they backed him? Or does he kind of feel like, listen, I got to throw some guys, even though I don't want to do this, this is how I'm going to get out. I'm going to have to throw some guys under the bus to get out of here. Well, that's how I view it. I, I mean, yes, there were some changes personnel-wise to the Nets. Um, uh, uh, Vanterpool, one of their coaches with ties to Durant, was let go. His personal trainer, who was a longtime Nets assistant, was let go. Maybe he's upset by that. Maybe he holds Steve Nash responsible for that. I'd tell you, I think it's the second thing you said that is probably the most true about this. I think that what he said back on April 25th is probably closer to how he feels about Steve Nash. But for KD, this is what he feels he has to do to force his way out. I don't even know if he even believes this. I don't even know if he even believes that Sean Marks is a problem or Steve Nash is a problem. I just think he knows this is the button you push when you want to get out, and I'm going to push it. And I don't care what kind of collateral damage I leave, I'm going to push it, whether I believe it or not, because I know it's going to work. Yeah, and it's a shame because I compared this to Ryan Braun throwing the FedEx guy under the bus. Like, is that what you got to do? You really got to throw somebody under the bus, you know, to make it to get your way? And and maybe he does, or maybe there is something. I mean, maybe maybe that was like like a half truth when he came out and supported Nash after the season was over. But he's, I mean, it's a it's a complete contradiction from what he said at the end of the season supporting Steve Nash to what he's saying now. Like, I can't play for this guy; he's got to be fired. Um, which, but again, like you know, listen, we've been through this so many times now with the era of superstars. Now, when me and you started doing sports radio, superstars didn't have this power and control. They just they just didn't. But now they do. I mean, now they have this power and control. And, you know, they there is a way to get out of a team. And it doesn't matter if you've got one year left on your contract or ten years left on your contract. Raise bloody hell. Like, literally, chaos. Just chaos. Make things so miserable that they, they just need you gone. They need you. They can't have you because you're going to ruin the entire environment for everybody else. you got to remember these teams, there's, there's 14 other players that they got to account for. There's 14 other players that they owe the ability for them to have a, a fair chance to go out there and compete without the distractions and, and being asked every single day about Kevin Durant. So, you know, Kevin Durant's playing on that. He's playing on on, on that, knowing that the Nets are going to have to do something. When we come back, normally this time of year, we know who the Suns will be playing this season and when. The schedule is in front of us. We don't have it. Is that also related to Kevin Durant? We'll talk about it next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Seven FM Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. Back here with you on the Burns and Gambo Show on this Tuesday afternoon. The Kevin Durant story continues to have a grip over all of us here in the Valley trying to figure out what it means, if this has expedited the process, if this has quickened things to get out of Brooklyn. Is he on his way to the Phoenix Suns? We still know what we know from yesterday, and the league is certainly reacting to that. An ultimatum by Kevin Durant given to the owner of the Brooklyn Nets. Either I go or the pairing of the general manager and the head coach go. That's your decision. And it certainly seems like it's put the Nets in a position where they can't possibly think about putting Kevin Durant and Steve Nash on the same court together. No matter how he actually feels about his coach, no matter how he actually believes in his coach, that you would say those things and allow them to get out. You know what damage is going to be done. Whether he believes it or not is is almost irrelevant at this point, Gambo. He's, he's pushed the button he needs to push to try to get out, and he's doing everything he can to force his way out of town. How the Nets respond to that? I, I feel like we're going to get an answer to this question sooner than maybe we otherwise would have. I yeah, think let's we're not, let's not let's not come up with dates on that. We've kind of failed at that a few times in the past. 
Well, I mean, the Larry Fitzgerald retirement thing. We, we failed with that one. Eric Ruby would beg to differ. He he quite successfully nailed the Kyler Murray contract extension, although it was close between you and Gambo, right, Eric? Wasn't that It there? was very close, like a matter of days. Wow. So, But no, let's not do the date thing. Let's not pick a date when Kevin Durant gets traded because we might be yeah. so wrong on that when it's all said and done. There's something else to consider here, too, and, and I got to admit, this is a thought that comes straight from Dave King over at Bright Side of the Sun. I hadn't really thought much about it because I don't I don't think about the NBA schedule release the way I think about the NFL schedule release. It's just different. It doesn't have the same kind of weight to it. But he points out, normally, typically, in, in normal seasons, this is the week we get the NBA schedule. This is the week we find out the Christmas Day games. And who's playing on opening night and who has how many nationally televised games and on what network and things like that. And Dave King over at Brightside is asking the question and speculating, wondering if the reason why we're not getting the schedule this week is because the league is waiting to see how all of this shakes out with Kevin Durant. Yeah, there's reports that the full slate of games will not be released until next week. Now, we do know a couple of games, right? The Pistons and Bulls are going to travel to France on January 19th for an NBA Paris game. We know the All-Star Weekend is in Salt Lake City in mid-February. We know the Warriors are playing the Wizards in Tokyo for a pair of games September 30th and October 2nd. And we know that the Raptors and Jazz are going to meet October 2nd in Edmonton and that the Bucks and Hawks are going to play in Abu Dhabi and that the Raptors and Celtics are going to play in Montreal. Like So we know a few of those things because that, that stuff has to be you know, accounted for way earlier than the rest of the schedule. But we do not have the schedule. And a lot of people are speculating, is that because they don't know where Kevin Durant's going to play? Is that because they don't know where uh, Donovan Mitchell's going to play? Donovan Mitchell leaves the Jazz. Kevin Durant leaves the Nets. You may not want to put them on some primetime games. No, you wouldn't. So that could be a factor there, kind of waiting this out just a little bit longer to see if there needs to be a change in the schedule. Now, keep in mind, I, I don't think this impacts the number of times the Suns would be on national TV. And I, I don't think this impacts it you know, the Suns. Are they going to play a Christmas Day game? It shouldn't. I, I think whether they have Durant or not, they're still going to be one of the teams that gets a lot of eyeballs because of Book, because of Paul, because of Aiton, because of the 64 wins from a season ago. I think it's more about Durant, and I think it's more about Mitchell, and I think specifically it's more about Durant and the Nets. How many of those games do we want to put on national TV? How many of those games do we want to give that kind of primetime audience to? LeBron, and Dave mentions LeBron in the story too. He hasn't signed his contract extension yet. I still think the Lakers being the Lakers and we were all just so obnoxiously annoyed last year by how much the Lakers were on national TV. I mean, it was just a it was a waste of everybody's time by the end of the season how often the Lakers were in that those national primetime slots. I don't know if they're waiting for LeBron. I think, to me, the big question in all of this, and Dave hints at this, does the league have any ability at all to call the Nets and say, hey, man, whatever you're going to do, do it because we're waiting on you? No, I don't think. I don't think no, so. You can't. You can't push them. That you, you got to make this trade because we got to release the schedule. I, Screw you. I, I, well, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think so either. But I mean, these are look. I mean, the national TV contracts are in part what kind of funds this whole operation, right? I mean, it's everybody's making gobs of money. The players and the owners, in large part, because of the gobs of money the networks are handing to the teams and handing to the league. So I don't want to make it sound like you know the league doesn't have 
have some ability to call up Joe Sy and say, hey, just curious, like, you know, asking for a friend. What's the timeline here? What are you guys thinking? Because we've got a many, many, many millions of dollars that are riding on this. I don't I don't think they have the power to influence it anyway, but I do understand why they'd be curious about it. Yeah, because it, it could affect it could affect the jazz, the, the amount of the, not the Suns. But like it could affect the Knicks. If the Knicks get Donovan Mitchell, you may want more Knicks prime time. Oh games. hell yeah! Oh, if the Knicks if, get if, Donovan Mitchell, you're going to want the Knicks on yeah. all the time. Yeah. If Kevin Durant, if Kevin Durant ends up somewhere other than you know Phoenix, Boston, or Golden State, that team may get a few more games. Like uh-huh. if he ended up in New Orleans or somewhere, like by uh, like a surprise team comes out of nowhere and they get him. That team. So I understand why they would try to hold out a little bit. But again, like you can't. You get to the point where you you, you just can't wait any longer. You've got to release this schedule. You do. Yeah. You, you, and it's I, look, training camps don't start for and Dave points this out in the story. Training camps don't start for for seven more weeks, I think. But think about it. And I, and I hadn't thought about this either. It's not even about the basketball schedule. It's about the arena. I mean, you, you've got to put out the schedule so you can start so these owners can start booking other events. Concerts. other oh, events, Exactly. Great point. Great concerts, point. circuses, mm-hmm. this, that wrestling matches, whatever the case may be. I, Monster I mean, their trucks, whatever. Yeah, what, Disney on ice, whatever it is. Whatever it is. I, I mean, that's more than anything. At some point, the owners are going to push back on the league like, hey, look, guys, we really have to have the schedule here. We, we need to know because we've got vendors on the line that we're ready to book right now. But we can't until we yeah. know what the schedule is. A lot of times the teams already know those dates, so they send them to the NBA so the NBA doesn't schedule. Like There, there are some events going forward that you already know about. And then you you could send it to the NBA and say, look, we got the, because sometimes you know you can't you, a concert can't just schedule three months in advance. Sometimes it's it looked Elton John's been scheduled to Chase Field for four years now. <laughs> you know, four years ago they scheduled it. I remember when the when the Elton John concert alert came out. I thought, oh man, that's really cool, Elton John. I get to see him in 2021. Oh no, no that's for 2022. <laughs> I guess I can wait a bit until I get those right. Elton John tickets. I'll be all right when it's all said and done. Yeah, we'll see. If it's next week, it's next week. But I would imagine the league would very much like to know. I don't think they can do anything about it other than call and kind of check in on it. I don't think they have the power to nudge. But I'm sure they would really like to know where Kevin Durant is playing next year so they know how to schedule the Brooklyn Nets. I'm sure they'd love to know if the Knicks are getting Donovan Mitchell. When we come back here on the Burns and Gambo show, this isn't a question about do the Suns still want to trade for Kevin Durant. It's more of a... Should the Suns trade for Kevin Durant? We'll get into that sticky one coming up on the Burns and Gambo Show. That's Tuesday. It's a Ruby Tuesday. It's a Ruby Tuesday. Which means it's time for the Kaiser Chiefs to let you know that it's time to update our Twitter poll question of the day with our Ruby, Eric Ruby, here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll update presented by Sanderson Ford. This one ties in right into what we're about to talk about, and that is Kevin Durant has lit a fire to try to get himself out of Brooklyn. Are we concerned about that if the Suns are still in pursuit of Kevin Durant? Eric, take it away. Right. I mean, like you said, Kevin Durant, he lit a fire, and you said, Bernsey, that had to happen for him to be traded, but that doesn't mean there aren't some more questions along with it. It's no secret. KD, amazing at basketball, but when he goes from team to team, he has a history of bringing drama. So the question is, since the Suns already have an established culture, do you worry about Kevin Durant 
coming here. You've got three options. Not at all. Just focused on hoop because that's all that matters. Option number two is you're a little bit worried. It's a risky move, but it's Kevin Durant, so it's worth it. And your final option is you're worried a lot because you don't need no drama in your culture. Um, Option two. Who started the fire? Uh, Billy Joel didn't. I know that. No, he didn't start. Um, okay. Yeah, we didn't start the fire. It, it's it's what Kevin Durant started the fire, and it's the fire that's been burning for the last month. I am a little concerned about it. it. It's it's, I mean, it's what he had to do to get out, but it's messy, and he he pushed both of those guys under the bus with both hands hard, violently. So yeah, I'd be a little concerned about that for reasons we'll get into in a moment. Gambo, little concerned, but he's worth it. Okay. Little concern, but you know what? This team's never won a championship. Like I, I get it. I get it. Yeah, everyone is on the same page with you guys. In fact, it's a pretty overwhelming majority in 44.8% say some. It was risky and not worth it. 38.5% say they're not worried at all, so they're focused on hoops. So an overwhelming majority not worried about doing it too much. Only 16.7% say they are worried a lot and they don't need no drama. Okay, you can find the poll question on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page. Thank you, Eric. At Burns and Gambo on Twitter, on social media is where you can find it. Um, There was a story today in the New York Post, Gambo, kind of backs up what you were saying yesterday about this. Uh, more of a column and not so much a story. Josiah and Sean Marks have, and this is a quote, Josiah and Sean Marks have found out the hard way that once you turn your business to the talent, there's no getting it back. And they gave KD the keys to the kingdom. In fact, I think it was Ian O'Connor who wrote the column. He wrote, KD executed one of the worst trades in league history when he exchanged Steph Curry and Golden State's winning DNA for Kyrie Irving and a whole lot of problems to be named later. Durant wanted to prove he could build his own winner with Irving by his side and what a colossal miscalculation it's been. Sure, sure. I mean, if you had stayed in Golden State, you know, think about, you know, how many more championships you could could have had. But, you know, there's that, okay, you know, it's Steph's team, it's Clay's team, it's more Draymond's team. It's not that you're piggybacking, but they had already won without you. So you go to the Nets and you, you team with somebody else and you try to win. I think that that, I think guys think about that, Bernsey. I mean, you go, like, you know, you, you go to a team that's won so many championships and you just, you kind of just piggyback. No, but Carmelo went to the Lakers and Gary Payton went to the Lakers, sure. and you see all these other guys now. You know, a lot of the veterans just try. Oh, where can I go with it? Blake Griffin. I'm going to go to the Nets. Lamarcus. I'm going to go to the Nets. I'm going to try to piggyback off the net and go there. I think it. I do think guys think about if I can win it as the main player, building it myself rather than joining a you know a a, a team that's already established and winning. It'll be much different. Yeah, there was another article that I read today on the Ringer that simply stated that this is the cost of doing business with KD is putting up with stuff like this. You know it going in. You understand you're going to have to deal with it, and you just deal with it because he's such a great player. Now, fast forward to the Phoenix Suns. I don't know if they're going to end up with Kevin Durant. I don't know if Durant's going to end up getting traded. We know, we still believe that he's one of the preferred destinations. Maybe he's the only. Maybe there are several. We don't know. We don't know that distinction. But I do know this, that Kevin Durant is making it messy to get it. It's what he had to do, and he's doing it. He's making it very, very messy with Brooklyn. If things don't go his way in Phoenix, is he going to make a mess here? And and uh, piggybacking off of that question, 
KD is used to being able to have a say in the organization. I mean, hell, Brooklyn practically gave him the keys and said, okay, who do you want? What coach do you want? What coaches do you want? What players do you want? Do you want this? you want that? We'll give it to you. Is it going to be good enough for just him to come here and play basketball with his guys? Or is he going to want a say? And how much of a say do the Suns give him if they're willing to get him? That's a fascinating question. Uh, it's 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 not anything that I thought about, but I think. Look, if you're going to go all in, you, you're all in. Like, you know, you want you know you want a personal trainer with you. You want a certain coach with you. I mean, if if the support like the supporting cat now, KD, I know this. KD like fired all the people that were close to him, so he he got rid of a lot of people that were very very close to him. Um, I know that is a fact. So, but I'm sure he's got others now, newer people. The question is like like okay, if that's going to make him happy, okay, you you do that, right? I mean, you've got to appease him. You've got to that's the problem with superstar. You got to cater to superstars. You got to go above and beyond to them. They get treated differently than other players, right? So, you know, we we've seen some of these guys they, you know, when they used to you stack up and have the, the same two guys in the same room. No, some of these guys get their own room. They get their own travel. They get their own things. So I I think that you would have to appease Kevin Durant and give him what he asked for. Yeah, and and that stuff is standard. That stuff I expect. I, I'm I guess I'm talking more like let's say there's a guy that Kevin Durant wants to hire on the staff and Monty doesn't want to hire him. Does Kevin Durant get what he wants? Uh, let's say there's a there's a, a, a an assistant GM or or a player. Let, let me put it this way: there's a player out there in free agency. That Kevin Durant wants and James Jones doesn't because he doesn't fit James Jones' idea of what a player should be. Do they go get him? You know, and and I I I would hope that after you know, kind of Kevin Durant's experience as being the man in Brooklyn and watching it blow up so badly, that maybe Kevin Durant would realize maybe I'm just better off playing basketball and not trying to manage basketball. But that's probably asking too much. That's just not what superstars do. That's not what LeBron does. That's not what any of them do. They they all come in with this kind of sense of entitlement, like they're in control. It's up to them. They get to call the shots. And and I, I as much as I want the Suns to get Kevin Durant, because I am desperate for this organization to win a title, desperate. I don't know if I want them giving up all of that to get him, you know. I don't know if they want, but if that's, but if that's the cost, I know, I know. And and if that's the cost, and right? If it, like and the if cost it, is you got to cater to 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 Kevin Durant for a few years. He's thirty four years old. Like, you know, it's not like he's going to be here forever. But if that, like, you look, you, you sell your soul to win a championship, right? You sell your soul. And if, if you got to do that, then that's what you have to do. But is it? How can I put this? Is it already enough of Chris Paul's team that Kevin Durant, that there's no room for Kevin Durant to come in and say, oh, no, we're doing it my way? Like, is that the price that Kevin Durant would have to pay to come here to seed some of that? To Chris Paul to say, okay, I get it. You're the guy who's been calling the shots around here for the last couple of years. I, I, I'll defer to you on that. You know, I just want to come play with yeah. you and with Book yeah. and and you know, like I, your team, not mine. You go ahead and keep doing what you're doing and don't worry about me. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. Look, I've always been told that Kevin Durant doesn't really like want to be the leader of the team. He wants to play. Like he, he just he wants to play. He'll leave that leadership to other guys. He, he just wants to play. 
you know, with that being said, that, that you know, on the court, okay, Chris could do all the interviews and all of that stuff. KD doesn't want any part of that. But how do you make a guy like that comfortable? Like, he needs to have the right people around him. He needs to have the right support cast. And whether that's coaches or uh, we've talked about these guys having posses and all these people. Like, whatever he, ha- whatever he has to do, right, you've got to make sure that he's content because you're not looking at it just for, hey, this is one year. We'll suck it up and deal with all this BS if that's what he's bringing to the table. You're, you're going to have him for the next four years. When we come back, the Arizona Cardinals released their first depth chart for their first preseason game. Normally, this is not a big deal. Then you take a look at the depth chart and you realize, okay, never really seen it done like this before. We'll explain why it's so unique coming up on the Birds and Gambo Show. Camp Takeoff 2022 is a go. Coverage presented by 72 Sold and Kona Brewing. Burns and Gambo on 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. So the depth chart for the Cardinals was released today. This is not the final depth chart. This is just the one that they have to send out as part of their press release and their press kit. Thank God it's not the final press no, depth chart. We'd be like, we got some problems here. We got some problems if this is the final depth chart. It's not. It's just, it, it's, they've never, to the best of my knowledge, they've never done it like this before. Um, this depth chart is based on the expected participation in preseason game number one. Which means that running third team or fourth team in this particular depth chart include guys like Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, Hollywood Brown, DJ Humphreys, Rodney Hudson, Justin Pugh, James Connor, JJ Watt, Zach Allen, Isaiah Simmons, Buddha Baker, Marcus Golden, etc., etc., etc. Basically, you're, you're, it's easier to. Name the starters who are actually listed in the two deep depth chart than it is the non-starters who aren't. The only starters per Darren Urban, and I'm looking at the depth chart right now. He just wrote about it, so I'm just going to read from what he wrote. The only starters listed in the game's two deep are guard Will Hernandez, linebacker Devon Kennard, linebacker Zaven Collins, and cornerback Marco Wilson. That's it. That's it. Those are the only starters that we could even reasonably expect to see in preseason game number one on Friday. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think that with three games in the preseason and the risk of injury, it's like, like okay, you look at the Jets, right? The starting right tackle now is out for the year. Mekhi Becton out for Mekhi the year. Mekhi Becton. First round, he's been a bust so far, but he's out for the year. Like, every coach now, look, in, in, the, in the 80s, beat the hell out of each other to get ready for the regular season. Go out there and beat the hell out of each other. That's true. We want more physical practices. We're going to practice with We want more pads practices. But now, I mean, every, these players are treated like, you know, fine China. You know, like you, you can't break it. Like, oh my God, don't you know, don't touch that. Like that's you know that's just a different era. The era now is get through the preseason unscathed because it's a long season. You don't want anybody to get hurt. You don't want anybody to have these. And the other thing is that guys, you know, for the most part, all of these guys come into camp in shape now. Where in the past. They didn't come into camp in shape. You used camp to get in shape and get ready for, for the violence and the hitting. So, um, I, I mean, this is just the way it is right now. Whether you like it or not, I think I, I think we got to accept that this is the way it is. And it's probably the right thing to do is not run those guys out there and play them. Um, but you do have to have some competition for some spots, which we talked about earlier. I still believe in that. Yeah, 
I do too. And, and like, so what to watch for on Friday night? All right, let's watch to see how Josh Jones does at right tackle and how Josh Miles does at left tackle. Because the guy who plays better over the course of these three games, he's probably your backup swing tackle going into the season. Let's see how Eno Benjamin, who's listed as a first teamer for Friday's game, let's out. Let's see how he does with you know I, I don't know about the bulk of the carries, but I'm certainly sure he'll get quite a few. Let's see how he does in that situation, because everyone's raved about the offseason that Eno Benjamin has. Okay, let's let's see it. Let's see it in action, and let's see him get a lot of snaps. Let's see how Greg Dortch does. Everybody, right. Everyone's talking about Greg Dortch. No, everyone's talking about I don't him. know if Greg Dortch yeah. is going to make this team or not, but man, I, I saw our own Tyler Drake. He tweeted out earlier today, here we go, just another day where Greg Dortch just flies by guys and makes plays. This time, apparently, he ran by Jalen Thompson and Buda Baker on oh the same my play. God. I know, right? Oh, put him in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. <laughs> he ran by Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson? Well, yeah, oh, you, my God. Your guy, Buda. Oh yeah, I'm sure you were heartbroken over that. And then defensively, I want to see how Zayvon Collins does with a lot of snaps. He's a guy who's listed with the first team. So I actually kind of appreciate the transparency here by the Cardinals. Look, here's a bunch of guys. You all know there are starters. We're not going to tell you there are starters now. Not because we're trying to keep it from you, because we're trying to kind of have you... A, Give an honest, you know, manage your expectations of who's actually going to play in this game, who we're actually looking at. Who I, I don't care if Kyler Murray doesn't play a minute in the preseason. I don't care if he doesn't take one snap in the preseason. So what? We've seen Kyler Murray fade statistically in each of the last two seasons. Limit him as much as you can so you can save those bullets for when it counts. Right. I got no problem with that at all. No, no. And, and listen, if Dorch is is playing, listen, Dorch plays great uh, and he wins a job, fine. I mean, that's what you, that's, you have to have a couple of spots up for grabs. You got to let these guys I mean, if not, like, what are you doing? I mean, you got to give guys an opportunity to win. There's got to be guys that are on a bubble. Every year there's got to be guys on the bubble. Just a few. You know, who's going to who's gonna make it a special team? Who's going to be the fifth wide receiver or sixth wide receiver? Who's going to be the fourth running back? Who's That stuff kind of matters. So you use the preseason for that. And for a lot of these guys, too, that are going to get cut, what they need more than anything, and, and you have to like you know honor that, is you have to give them film. These guys want film. I want to play in the preseason because, look, you're going to cut me. because. You, but if I make a couple of catches, I make a couple of good blocks, I could use that film and maybe hook on with another team. So that's imperative for a lot of the guys that are out there and playing in these games. But for the starters, most important thing is, right now, just don't get hurt. Yep, don't get hurt. Make it to the regular season. I mean, for Kyler, that's the, I don't think we're going to see Kyler this preseason. I don't think we're going to see J.J. Watt this season. I don't think we're going to see Rodney Hudson this season, or this preseason, I should say. And, and I know those last two are kind of some of the, the older guys. I don't know if we'll see Buda Baker this preseason. And you know what? They're fine. Don't play him in the preseason. They don't need it. They don't need it. They, they know what to do. They know how to be ready for opening day. They don't need to play one series in a meaningless preseason game to be ready for the season opener. Uh, against the Kansas City Chiefs. They don't need it. Cliff today said Kyler's not going to play much, if at all, during the preseason. Kyler won't play much, if at all. Uh, and then we'll see how Colts' arm progresses. We'll be smart with him. But 
Um, Friday night would just be Trace and, and Jarrett. Okay, so Trace McSorley and Jarrett Guarantano are going to be the two quarterbacks who play for the Cardinals that day. And, and again, that's okay. Now, other Cardinal news and more of you squashing something that I, I'm kind of surprised you had to squash. But Roquan Smith has requested a trade from the Chicago Bears. The linebacker issued a statement noting that it was deeply painful to have to do it. Quote, the new front office regime doesn't value me here. They've refused to negotiate in good faith. Every step of this journey has been take it or leave it. Close quote. So he's asking for a trade. I was very surprised to see pro football focus, and I know they're not like usually dealing in rumors or speculation, suggesting that the Arizona Cardinals were one of the teams that could perhaps pursue a trade for Wokon Smith. I like him a lot as a player, but man, how many more times can you go to the off-the-ball linebacker well if you're the Arizona God? Be serious. It's like, really? Another one? I, I mean, he's good, but come yeah. on, we're going to do this again? I, I think this all stems from them taking a tight end when they really didn't need a tight end. Probably. You got Max Williams, you got Zach Ertz, and you draft the tight end with your first pick, and uh, you might be like, oh, look, Rokon Smith is a really good player, you know, and, and we've talked about what a big year this is for Isaiah Simmons, and, you know, they, what a big year this is for Zayvon Collins. Rokon Smith is a proven player. He's a very good player. Um, so it's, it's, it's obvious when a guy like that becomes available, people are going to ask whether the Cardinals have any interest. And, you know, from that standpoint, you know, I, I, I check, I, I, I double check, I triple check, I try to find out what I can, and then I play Blue Oyster Cult. And we played Blue Oyster Cult earlier. We don't, I don't know if Mitch has it. No, oh, Mitch. oh, he's got it. Of course hey. he's got it. Yeah, there's, there's no interest in uh, Rokon Smith for, for the Arizona Cardinals. There's just no interest. They don't need a linebacker. They're not going to kick the tires on him. They need a cornerback. They need a pass rusher. Yes. They don't need a linebacker. they got plenty of linebackers. They're good. Not linebacker. They're fine. What they need is they need to get a cornerback. I still think they're going to get one via trade. Uh, and they could probably get an edge rusher. Sure, maybe you have to cut down days, but I don't expect them to even, you know, even consider Roquan Smith in a trade. Can you imagine giving up what would be very good draft inventory to get another off the ball linebacker? I think I'd lose my mind. I mean, I really do. I think I'd lose my yeah. mind. And I get yeah. it. There's some people who I respect who wondered if the Cardinals would pursue Roquan Smith. I'm like, I, I just how how could you justify that? How could you give up more draft capital in pursuit of an off the ball linebacker? So I, I've usually sometimes I'm not happy. Happy to hear you play. Don't fear the Reaper. I was pretty pleased to hear Blue Oyster Cult a couple yeah. hours ago. But and, you know, it's amazing. Right? It's a, it, anytime a big name comes up, everybody just wants to know, are they going to get this guy? Are they going to get this guy? Look, he's expensive. He wants a big contract. I yeah. mean, why do you think he's leaving Chicago? It would not like, be cheap. Yeah, it would no, not be cheap. And, you know, and if, if Zabin and Isaiah work out, you're going to have to pay those guys. Like, you're going to have to pick up Isaiah's 50-year option, and then next year we'll be talking about Zabin's 50-year option, where they're gonna, if that's a big year for him to get it picked up. But, you know, adding a linebacker who doesn't want to play for $9 million right now and wants a new deal, and he's going to get paid a lot of money, that's not the direction this team needs to go in. Kevin Durant made his demand yesterday. His ultimatum was made public. So now it puts the attention squarely on teams like the Phoenix Suns. What is the level of engagement like between the Suns and the Nets. We'll tell you coming up on the Burns and Gambo Show.